It's not a matter of if. It's only a matter of when. Every single one of us is going to have a sour experience at some point. And that sour experience usually comes in the form of being hurt by another person. At some point in your life, somebody's going to wrong you. Somebody's going to say something about you. Someone's going to do something to you that offends you. It may even just be the perception of being offended. But everyone deals with it at some point in their life. They are wronged by another person. The challenge for us is that one sour moment can lead to a life of bitterness. One bad moment can lead to a life of continual bad moments because of the taste that was left from that one bad moment. This morning we're tackling the silent killer, the thing that can rob our joy and the thing that can ruin relationships, bitterness. Bitterness is that settled anger that remains in our hearts. The best definition for bitterness is very simply long-standing resentment. A sense and a feeling that resides within you towards another person or towards people in general that doesn't want to be reconciled. This undergirding feeling that you want something bad to happen to others or another person. Very simple, bitterness comes from an unforgiving spirit. An unforgiving spirit is an unwillingness to say to another person, you're forgiven. Pastor and author Chuck Swindoll says it this way about an unforgiving spirit. He says an unforgiving spirit is the devil's playground. Because an unforgiving spirit leads a person into a consistent status of bitterness. And bitterness robs the consistency of joy and relationships. Have you ever been around a bitter person that you wanted to be around more? How many of you left the time with a person and said, wow, that was a lot of fun. They were really bitter at everyone. How many of you hung out with some angry person and you were like, I wish some of that anger would have rubbed off on me a little bit more. Bitterness and anger isn't exactly an enjoyable attribute for ourselves or for others. We don't like to experience it when receiving it, but we also don't like to experience it when we have it. Because who goes to bed at night saying, I hope I wake up angry tomorrow morning? Anger and bitterness is a real challenge for all of us. And bitterness is extra danger for a variety of reasons. If you're taking notes this morning, I want to share with you three things of why bitterness is extra dangerous. First, bitterness is impossible to keep to just one relationship. Very simply put, you can just say this, bitterness spills over. I'm, I'm a big Hy-Vee guy, and our family likes to eat at Hy-Vee, pick up, you know, from the deli area there, and bring it home, and meals to go. The challenge of that is this, mashed potatoes in the gravy, and I'm a cheap guy as well, so you want as much mashed potatoes and gravy as possible, right? The problem with gravy is this, it spills over on everything. You can't control it. And I know some of you are like, Phew, that's perfect. Well, you're weird. <laughs> gravy is not meant to go everywhere. Gravy is meant for mashed potatoes. But you can't control it. Once it starts going, it's going to go anywhere and everywhere. The same is true of bitterness. 
when you have an experience that creates resentment towards one person, it's not like you can put that in a nice little box and it doesn't affect the way you view or the way you interact with any other people. Bitterness spills over. It affects who you are and how you interact with everyone. First problem with bitterness is it spills over. The second problem with bitterness is that bitterness does not think of itself as a sin. Bitterness does not think of itself as a sin. Why? Because when you're bitter, you're always thinking of the other person's sin. So bitterness actually works out really well for us. Because what do we do? We get to magnify the sin of the other rather than reflect upon our own sin that has come from our response to that sin. Now, in the world, outside of the Bible, most people don't see a problem with this, right? Because if somebody wrongs you, what should you be able to do in return to them? Wrong them. But the way of Jesus Christ is completely opposite. When someone wrongs us, Jesus doesn't say, well, you're now authorized to treat them badly. Because that's not how God treats us. When we wrong God, God doesn't wrong us in return. And so somebody wronging us doesn't authorize us to wrong them. But with bitterness is this. We don't think it's a sin because we're constantly what? Meditating upon the other person's sin. So this morning, you and I, we probably don't even recognize sometimes the bitterness we have. And we don't confess it because we're so focused on the other person's wrongdoing. Now, I know some of you are getting upset at this point because you're like, well, the other person wronged me. You're exactly right. I'm not saying that what the wrongdoing was not wrongdoing. It was wrongdoing. But that wrongdoing does not, should not enable more wrongdoing on our part. Bitterness spills over into all relationships. Bitterness does not see itself as sin. And the final thing that bitterness does is bitterness distorts reality. How many fishermen, fisherwomen do we have in the house this morning? Every, uh, every summer, Paul and I, the worship leader, we try to every summer go on a little fishing trip with a couple of guys from our congregation. And I've been known for my fishing abilities. I'm, I'm pretty good. Anyhow, we go on this little fishing trip. We're having a tournament. The problem is this. We've got two separate boats, right? So you have two separate boats. You're on different parts of the lake. It's really hard to keep the other boat honest. Notice I said the other boat. Have you ever been with people fishing? And what, what always happens on a fishing trip? Oh, you should have seen that walleye. Six inches. No, not six inches. Eight. Oh, I don't know. What do you think? Twelve? Oh, twelve inches. No, what, 24? Oh, 24. My pole was bending. No, not just a little. My pole was bent. And the net. The net could hardly hold it. And the boat itself was beginning to sink. You know what I'm talking about. Well, Paul and I were up against this continually on our fishing trips. Because people tend to what? Distort reality. And so the cell phone came along. And the cell phone allows you to take pictures. So you now have to are forced to have evidence of what you caught. So what? You can't distort reality. Bitterness causes all of us to distort reality. Somebody wrongs us. And how do we begin to look at that person? We begin to look at that person as the most evil human being that's ever existed. Did they do wrong? Yes. 
but are the most evil human being to ever exist? Probably not. But bitterness causes us to distort everything because we don't have an objective picture to look at. We have only what's in our mind and we keep making it bigger and worse and worse and worse. Bitterness is a challenge. It spills over into all relationships. Bitterness doesn't see itself as a sin because it focuses on the sin of the other. And bitterness distorts reality. So why is God so opposed to bitterness? God is opposed to bitterness first and foremost because it's not consistent with Jesus or the message of Jesus. If you still have your Bible open to Ephesians chapter 4, I want you to look back with me here at verses 17 through 24. 17 through 24 here in Ephesians 4, this is critical to understand. If you don't catch this paragraph, all you do is you see the rest as a list of rules. So this paragraph sets up the rules or the directions that are coming. In this paragraph, look with me if you would at verse 20. He says, but that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. In other words, the Apostle Paul here is pointing to this group of people and say, hey, I'm about to talk to you about some behaviors. Here's the problem with those behaviors. They're not consistent with Jesus who you heard about. You heard the message about this Jesus who's perfect and holy and loving. You heard the message of Jesus about the forgiveness of sins through the cross. But now I'm looking at your life, and your life is not consistent with the message. Your life is not consistent with the name of Jesus who you're proclaiming and who you're claiming. So God is vastly concerned about bitterness because ultimately bitterness is hypocrisy. It's not consistency with who God has created us to be and who we claim to be. In other words, bitterness does not reflect the nature or the character or the message of God. Bitterness does not reflect the character of God. Therefore, those who claim the name of God should not reflect bitterness. So this morning, it's not like God's like, oh, you broke rule 33 on the list. No, no, no. God's heart is saying, hey, your heart and your life is not reflecting my heart in my life. You're not consistent with the name that you're claiming and proclaiming. So consistency is a big issue in your life today. Is your life consistent with the message you've heard and with the Jesus that you've learned? The second challenge with bitterness is that when we're bitter, we're not reflecting the appropriate image of God to the world. Look with me down to chapter 5 of Ephesians, Ephesians 5. So we start there in 17 through 24, and he kind of lays the groundwork of why he's going into this. He lists a bunch of rules or commands, and then Ephesians 5, he kind of sums it up a little bit. 5, 1 and 2, he says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. He's saying, hey, hey, represent, reflect God to the universe. And when you're bitter, you're not reflecting the image of God. 90% of the people that you're going to interact with this week have not opened a Bible. 90% of the people you're going to interact with this week have not opened a Bible in the last week. Do you know who their or what their Bible is? You are. 
You're their Bible. You're their perception of Christianity. When they begin to formulate what it means to be a Christian and who the God is that we worship, do you know where they take that from? They take that from those who claim Christ because that's their Bible. So what are you reflecting to the world around you about your God? What am I reflecting to my children about the God that I'm trying to teach them when I respond to their bad behavior? That's how they learn the character of God. Now, when you become a Christian, you open up the Bible, and the Bible renews our minds. It gives us a new understanding of God. But until that point, your perception is driven by others. And so bitterness, bitterness distorts the image of God as we seek to reflect the image of God to the world around us. Bitterness. It's not consistent with the message of Jesus Christ or the character of God, and bitterness distorts the image of God. So what do I do about it? If I'm struggling with resentment in my spirit or in my mind, or if I have a tendency to be bitter, what do I do? Let me share with you three practical things that you can do this morning if you're struggling with bitterness. And at some point, all of us will. The first is this. You and I need to renew our minds. This comes right here from Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 23. It says, be renewed in the spirit of your minds. The Apostle Paul saying, hey, to get rid of this old self, what you have to do is you got to change the way you think. You change the way you think by what you watch, what you read, and what you listen to. There's an old saying that applies spiritually as well as physically. Garbage in, garbage out. Right? And so if soap opera is your number one influence of thinking, let me tell you what a soap opera is going to create. They're built on bitterness, right? That, that, that's what drives ratings. So you've got to what? You've got to renew your minds in the truth of God's word where you've got a different image, mercy, and forgiveness through the character and the person of Jesus Christ. Step number one, is to renew our minds continually, not just on Sunday morning, but regularly, so that our way of thinking, our way of feeling, our way of understanding is different. Now, you knew I was going to say that, right? Read your Bibles. This doesn't mean 40 chapters a day. We've talked about this a lot. It's just remembering 7, 12 minutes a day, just jumping in. And if you miss a day, guess what? Nobody cares. Jump on the next day. Renewing our minds, number one. Number two, if you want to remove the root of bitterness, begin to speak positive things about the other person or persons. This changes everything. When you begin to speak positively about the other person. Now, you're saying, well, I don't feel very positive about them. That's all right. Our feelings are not our governor. Our feelings should not control us. So here's what you need to do. Speak positive about them until you feel positive about them. This last year, as some of you know, and as I've shared openly over the last couple weeks, was the toughest, one of the toughest years of my work life. It's been, a, it's been a tough year. One of the things that was driving that this last year is I, I do work through the Sioux Falls Ministry Center, and I do work outside of church. And as some of you know, I've been working with a group in Chicago for a couple of years as they've been trying to start a ministry center and some focus on ministry to the poor. Well, in this last year, I lost that client. We had had some meetings together, and I had put all the work together for them. I had put together different numbers and ways it could all work for them and helping them think about this. 
And after I got done with all of that, I, I challenged them. And I got a call the next day saying, hey, I'm sorry, we no longer need your services. We're going to go with person X instead. And I had given them multiple years of planning. After that experience was just felt, I was torqued. Shared my knowledge, shared my experience, gave numerous hours in the middle of the night reading and writing for them. And but then about two or th- it took two or three months after that, I was thinking about it again one day. And all of a sudden, I just had this little tap on the shoulder saying, pray for that ministry. Because up to that point, I had just been in my heart and in my mind saying, I hope they have to call back and ask for help again. But what I started to do after that point was this. I said, God, make that ministry flourish. God, bring leadership to that ministry. God, use that ministry for your glory. It's amazing what changed in my own spirit when I decided, you know what? I'm going to speak positive about them. They're doing good work, and I'm going to encourage that good work. But it's a challenge. And until you discipline yourself to enter into that, that bitterness and that resentment just eats at you, and it begins to affect other things. Number one, renew our minds. Number two, speak positive. Pray positive for the other person. One of the most powerful things some of you can do this morning is you can start praying for that person who hurt you. Not just praying that they would stay away from you, but praying that they would be blessed. Praying that amazing things would happen in their life. The third thing that you can do to root out bitterness is use the bad memory as a trigger to reflect upon God's gifts. Use the bad memory as a trigger to reflect upon the gifts. So some of you this morning, you've been hurt by another person. And and that comes up often. Different things provoke that memory to come up. Let me encourage you, when that memory comes up, use that as a trigger to reflect upon a specific truth of God's word. So what I would encourage you to do is memorize one verse right now. A verse about the faithfulness of God, that God's love is everlasting. And whenever that memory comes up, what do you do? You just tell yourself, I'm repeating this verse to myself. You've changed the focus now. Instead of when the memory comes up, you're what? Reflecting on the memory? You're using the memory as a trigger to reflect upon the mercy of God. What helps your memory the most? Review, review, review. I used to be in theater when I was in in high school. And when I was in high school in in theater, I've always had a gift of being able to memorize things quickly. Well, one time, we did a musical, and believe it or not, they chose me for the lead role in the musical. I mean, this high school is huge, so I mean, it was a big deal that they chose me, class of 62. They chose me for the musical lead role, and I had no problem memorizing lines in the past. But all of a sudden, when they started putting music down there in the pit, I couldn't remember anything. Like, the music was just throwing me off. So what did I have to do? I actually had to review my lines. I had to spend time at night reading them over and over again because review helps memory. So many of us have bad memories of things that have happened. And when those memories come up, you know what we do? We review those memories over and over and we wonder why. Why does this memory not go away at all? So when that memory comes up, use it as a trigger to reflect upon God's mercy and God's truth. Bitterness 
is a challenge because it distorts the image of God. Bitterness is a challenge because it's not consistent with the message and the person of Jesus Christ. But ultimately, bitterness is not just a little issue, a little action. Bitterness is a disposition that you have in life. You either have a disposition of forgiveness or you've got a disposition of unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment. So what disposition is being formed in you? According to God's word, those who claim the name of Jesus Christ should have a disposition of mercy. We read this morning in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus is talking to Peter, and Peter says, hey Jesus, how many times do I got to forgive somebody? And Jesus basically says to him, as many times as they sin against you. And then Jesus goes on to tell them a story of a master. The master forgives his servant. But then that servant does what? Goes out and makes demands on other people. And why does Jesus say that the servant gets thrown into jail? Because he was shown mercy and he did not show mercy in return. In other words, the servant did not reflect the character of the master. How about you and I today? Are we reflecting the character and the treatment of the creator of the universe who has shown you and I mercy? So something sour is going to happen in your life this next week. Somebody's going to do wrong against you. You're going to get offended. The question is this, what's going to pour out of you? What's going to pour out of you? Amy Carmichael, a missionary in India, wrote the following line. For a cup brimful of sweet water cannot spill even one drop of bitter water, however suddenly jolted. A cup brimful of sweet water cannot spill even one drop of bitter water, however suddenly jolted. No matter how bad the wrongdoing is, guess what? Do you know what flows out of the heart of God? Forgiveness. Jesus is on the cross next to a thief. A thief to the point that was bad enough, he was punished by death. That's the ultimate jolt. And Jesus has an opportunity to what? Ultimately pour out wrath. But in that moment, Jesus is given the biggest jolt in what pours out? Forgiveness. Today you will be with me in paradise. How about you? When you're jolted, what's going to pour out? Is it the mercy of God? Or is it going to be the resentment of flesh? Let us pray. Gracious and everlasting God, we come before you this morning thankful for your mercy. God, thank you that you come and you have poured out forgiveness. Now, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you would create in us the same spirit and the same character that we can pour out mercy to one another. So, God, right now I pray for each of us that have resentments in our hearts toward a person or people. God, would you give each of us the discipline to pray for them? Would you give us the discipline to reflect upon your mercy and not the bad instance? God, bring freedom for us this morning from bitterness so that we can reflect your image. God, thank you for your mercy. Help us to spread it. In Jesus' name, amen.